Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Lady Bird in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Lady Bird is the solo directorial debut from Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf and Lucas Hedges and Tracy Letts and Timothy Chalamet, among others. Uh, it has a fantastic ensemble cast and has been getting a ton of buzz, a ton of press for a host of, of different things. Uh, a lot of people have been praising Metcalf and Ronan's performances. Um, a lot of people love Gerwig's direction. Uh, a lot of people think this is going to get a Best Picture nomination. The whole nine yards. Uh, it's playing somewhat similarly to, <laughs> critically I would say, uh, something like Manchester by the Sea from last year, which was receiving a lot of acclaim. Um, Manchester ended up taking home Best Actor, uh, as well as Best uh, Original Screenplay, I do believe. I could be somewhat wrong by that Manchester and see just to confirm. Yes, actor and original screenplay. Also receiving nominations in supporting actor, supporting actress, director, and picture. All above the line nominations. And Lady Bird seems poised to, if not do that well, to at least uh, achieve some level of prosperity at the Academy Awards and along the awards, awards circuit leading up to it. Finally got a chance to see it, which I've been, oh man, this had been the film I was most looking forward to uh, from this year that I hadn't seen. Uh, I saw the trailer months ago. I've been incredibly excited. I love Greta Gerwig. I love Saoirse Ronan. And uh, that's, that's, that's really all I needed. And then the, like, the trailer was fantastic and so, so funny. And I'm, I was just, I was so on board. I was so totally and unabashedly on board with this film from the beginning. And so watching it today, I was, I went in, I was a little, a little nervous. Uh, you know, it had been quite some time since I had really been this amped up, this excited to see a movie. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time this happened was perhaps... As far as this year goes, probably Dunkirk, I would say. And Dunkirk came out three, four months, four months ago at this point. So it's it's been some time since this has happened. You know, Dunkirk and War for the Planet of the Apes. I was both very, I was I was very excited for both of those and anticipating them pretty strongly. And uh, they both, man, all three of these those those films. Dunkirk, Lady Bird, War for the Planet of the Apes, they've all done such fantastic, been so fantastic. I think they're all fantastic movies, great movies, and uh, some of, you know, some of my favorites of all time, and definitely my favorites from this year. Uh, I'm not going to do a statistics episode uh, for Lady Bird, but to sum up this movie in one sentence, I would describe it as an independent teenager rebels against her mother on the cusp of going to college. Um, Saoirse Ronan plays Christine, quote, Lady Bird McPherson, McPherson uh, who lives in Sacramento, hates Sacramento, 
Uh, Sacramento is a big part of this movie in the way Columbus is a very big part of Columbus. I would say Columbus is a slightly bigger part of that film than Sacramento is of this one, but to neither film's you know detriment, I would say. And the film, you know, we see the majority of the film we see through the lens of Lady Bird herself, and we get very brief scenes that don't involve her in one way or another. And she has uh, a you know a best friend who she's not exactly the nicest person to but they have some level of understanding they have uh, camaraderie they have a kinship between the two of them and they're both kind of on the outskirts of the rest of the populace at school and they're just going through their senior year the film kind of takes place over a single school year um, and kind of culminates with uh, Lady Bird going to college and we get to see this sort of, I wouldn't really call it a metamorphosis, but just the, uh, the, the efforts of Lady Bird to try to overcome the state that she, of her life and the state of, the li- of, of li- living that her family is in. Uh, they're kind of pretty hard for, hard for money at the moment. Um, and she's upset with all the things happening around her and she's seeking something away from Sacramento, away from her family and she does whatever she can to try to achieve this goal. Uh, Does not always work. Sometimes it puts her in the right direction, sometimes it sets her back, but she is unabashed about how determined she is to leave and this makes her butt heads with her mother on many occasions uh some of which we get to see i'm sure there are many more that we you know happen in the backgrounds behind the scenes of this film Uh, her mother played by laurie metcalf who is a nurse uh we don't get to see too much of uh, laurie metcalf's life on her own but we see her through the eyes of ladybird and What's so great and what I loved about this movie is that despite the fact that fairly much all you know all of the film is is colored through Ladybird's lens to the mo- for the most part it never feels tainted in that way. And what I mean by that is, you know, we get the fact that, you know, um Ladybird doesn't really have the mo- the kindest feelings for her mother all of the time and at the same time but but at the same time we still don't you know she doesn't we don't see a villain like a villain portrayal of her mother you know she's not uh the meanest person in the world like there's those tender moments there are those nice moments they still shine through we're not the 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 direction and the presentation of laurie metcalf's character isn't so isn't as vehemently like awful as we're supposed to believe she is if you only cared about ladybird's side of the story we do like somehow we're able to see both sides of that story and yet all of these experiences are through ladybird's eyes like that i think was is really impressive and speaks to how well written and directed this film truly is the the banter and the arguments that take place between 
Ladybird and her mother are, uh, you know, at times silly and funny and 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 good-natured, but they can be very piercing and cutting when you get tar- you 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 know parse through all of the you know double speak and passive aggressiveness and get at what is really being said between these two characters this is a at times volatile relationship between these two people who for all intents and purposes are supposed to love each other you know mother and daughter and it's 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 difficult at times to watch this these this relationship um crash into each other you know watch them them fight each other and then also watch rifts begin to form between them throughout the course of the film over this issue or that issue regarding clothing regarding you know where to go to college regarding what the boys they're hang she's hanging out with and and all the other things that happen in between those and it's it's a very piercing and it feels very personal to Greta Gerwig's, uh, you know, it, I, I, I totally get the sense that Ronan is effectively taking on the personality of Greta Gerwig. She seemed very much the way I, I remember Gerwig's characters being in all the movies I've seen her in. And, you know, Saoirse Ronan completely buries her accent. She's doesn't break, like her, her character is for all, as far as I could tell, like flawless. And, on the, it's it's just it's it's at times very difficult to watch and outside of this mother-daughter relationship you have Tracy Letts who plays the father he is more of a I, I, I wouldn't go that far but but somewhat of a sad sack character uh, he's the good guy to Metcalf's bad guy uh, in that relationship you know he is the quote-unquote nice parent I guess if you want to call him that, but by that same token, you know, he is, you know, kind of the breadwinner in the house, but at some point throughout the film loses his job and financial situation becomes a whole lot more difficult. You know, Laurie Metcalf is, is, it seems like if she's not in the scene we're watching, she is probably at work because that is how badly this family needs the money. Um, Saoirse Ronan has a brother who is adopted. The, he is not white like the rest of the family. He is some level of Hispanic, I believe. Uh, his name is Miguel. And he doesn't t- factor into the movie a lot. Uh, he, he lives at the house with his I believe girlfriend, I don't think they ever refer to her as his fiance, uh, his girlfriend is Shelly, and, you know, they're perhaps a tiny bit underserviced in their, their uh, in the way that they are portrayed in this movie, but even still, like, those characters still get a pretty significant arc and dimension to them. Uh, Shelly, I thought, was going to be this character who got no lines at the front of like in the front foreground of the movie she was going to be in the background and just kind of relegated to being there and i i was wrong you know she has a very personal moment with 
Ladybird later toward the end of the film. She is not obviously a central character, but she is given enough agency and enough importance that she's allowed to be a fully fleshed out character amidst like a, a whole sea of fully fleshed out characters. And I really appreciate that. And and her brother is slightly more given given a little bit more um, agency throughout the earlier parts of the film. Uh, he doesn't. I don't know. I, I might have liked to see a sort of a, a really a, a more emotional scene between her uh, ladybird and her brother at some point. I don't. I don't know how you what kind of a scene that would have been, but. I do feel like his character was missing one more beat, um, but I do like exactly how he was used um, in what screen time he was given. I, I did like his his um, the way I, the, uh, the, I liked how economic his inclusion was in this film. I guess that's kind of how you would say it. And then that kind of just leaves Lucas Hedges and. Timothy Chalamet. They are, at various points in the film, uh, romantic interests uh, for Lady Bird. And Lucas Hedges gets a fucking brilliant scene uh, that kind of wraps his character's arc. It is incredibly touching, uh, um, you know, heartbreaking scene about a character that we frankly don't know a lot about. You know, we don't, we kind of see Lucas Hedges through the eyes of Lady Bird. We get to know their relationship to a small degree and you don't see or at least I didn't see uh, a sort of mini uh, sort of you know character revelation coming I, it came out of nowhere to me and then the resolution of this this whole of his whole character was was beautiful I I loved it I loved the way that uh, Gerwig let that scene draw out. She let that scene play and be what it was, and and that meant a lot to me. I, I think that was picturesque almost. Whereas on the other hand, uh, Timothy Chalamet, not exactly a fully dimensional character. He's kind of one note, and he's kind of a jerk. But he is, he plays that role well. Uh, I'm still I'm very excited to see him in, in Call Me By Your Name. Uh, I've heard amazing things about his performance in that film, and so I was hoping to see a little bit more range from him here. But hopefully, his character is different, or, or this isn't one of the aspects of his character in Call Me By Your Name. And I can kind of see that this was a little bit more of a challenge for him than it seems to have been. It seemed very straightforward and very easy, and it did service uh, a big character, po- a couple of big character points for Ladybird throughout the film, but it, it ultimately kind of fell flat almost. Uh, he was maybe my least favorite element of the movie, and you know, it, it kind of only seemed to be there in order to give Ladybird a couple of a couple of moments that she probably could have gotten differently without needing Chalamet's character as well as giving her some lines to and some dialogue setups and and sort of sort of quips that she was able to make and 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 
go into, I suppose. So in service of Ladybird, I thought he did a fine job and his character was worthy enough of being in the movie, but on the grander scale, it did feel a little uh, lackluster, I suppose. And I guess all that brings me back to saying I think that this is an incredible film. I think I, I understand why it is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I understand why it's a 4.3 on Letterboxd. It's the second highest rated film on Letterboxd released in 2017 right now. And similarly, it is my second favorite film of the year. Now, I don't share the same number one as I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name, but I think this comes oh so close to being my favorite this year. Uh, just not quite at that point uh, for me. And it's it's a really, really strong character study. And it dives into this parent-child-mother-daughter relationship in a way I can't recall having seen before. You know, you, you there are plenty of movies that treat mother-daughter relationships as, as a war, as a battle, as a fight that you have to win. Um, you know, even just looking at Bad Mom's Christmas and the, the relationship that Kristen Bell and uh, Catherine Hahn and Mila Kunis have with their moms, it's like it pales in comparison to how carefully and artistically Lady Bird addresses a similar type of issue. You know, there is pressure on Lady Bird from her mother to be a particular kind of person and to act a particular way and to do particular things and to get. Uh, to achieve a particular level in and status in life, and at the same time, you know, Lady Bird is consistently bucking against those expectations, uh, completely tr uh, trying to, you know, remove herself from the situations that she has been placed in by her parents, and that appears to she appears to blame only her mother for being in. And it's tough, you know, it. it you know, I, I welled up a couple of times throughout this film, uh, mostly regarding this mother-daughter relationship, and I, I, I find it very touching, and I think that the resolution that we get in this in that relationship is a fitting one. I think it, it plays out almost perfectly. And it's, I, I've said this, but like, it's very difficult to watch. It's not fun. You know, there are, you know, there are moments that are very funny without, within these, these sort of tense and, and arduous moments, uh, arduous fights, but the whole, on the whole, it's, it just breaks you down. I feel so pained, you know, watching this. And, you know, I think about, you know, it makes you think about your own relationship with your parents and, and how that's affected you and how that's played out with you. And, and for each person, it's going to be a little different. You know, not everyone fought with their parents. You know, some people had very good relationships with their mom and their father. And this film um, only shows one aspect, you know, only shows one particular relationship. And yet, at the same point, you know, like, I'm not, and have never been, you know, a character akin to Lady Bird, you know, I'm not like her, I, I don't believe I am, 
and I kind of, I can't really connect with her on that level, but I can totally see, you know, I've known people like that. I've known people who have had that kind of a relationship with, with their parents, who have fought them every step of the way for every little thing, and it's, it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting to even watch, you know, it's just, like, I, I, you know, Metcalf and Ronan's characters are both very strongly opinionated, as, as Tracy Letts explains in the movie, you know, they're both strong-willed and very stubborn, and they, they kind of both mean well in their own ways, but they're, they're difficult to, it's impossible for them to really see eye to eye, and they're neither, and it's, it's interesting, because neither of them is really willing to kind of compromise, and most of the time, what ends up happening is they kind of just go their separate ways, and try to coexist uh, separated from each other, and you'll see, you'd see, you'll see just how, how, how frequently that doesn't work, and how often that ends up pulling them back into each other and pulling them back toward each other as new information surfaces and as changes happen and as big life events take place, you know, as um, as Ladybird graduates from high school, as she's heading off to college, when Tracy Letts loses his job, um, birthdays and dances and relationship drama, like all these things pull these two characters back together and back into each other's lives closer each time and they kind of always end up with screaming (laughs) they just end up kind of yelling at each other and frustrated with each other because they each fail to see things from the other person's point of view you know this is not one person's problem this is not ladybird being incapable of looking outside of herself this is it's also not just um, Laurie Metcalf uh, forcing her situation on her daughter, on her this this situation on her daughter. It's it's both of these things, and then on top of that, it's all the other extraneous details that are happening around them and that are happening to them. You know, it is life kind of crushing them and their financial situation, and and the fact that the father can't get a job, and the fact that. Um, you know, all these other people who are interacting with these two characters are influencing them in other and and more complicated directions. You know, it's not black and white that way. It's not one of them is right, one of them is wrong. It's a failure to compromise. It is a failure to recognize the pros and cons in each other's arguments and in each other's stances. They, They... so clearly and so obviously care about the other person in one way or another. You know, you you can tell that Laurie Metcalf loves Lady Bird, and you can tell that Lady Bird wants uh, Laurie Metcalf's approval and wants her adoration, and yet each character is so busy focusing on a different aspect of the relationship that they cannot see what they truly should be doing and what they truly need from each other and it's it's 
it's hard. It's really difficult. And I don't know. I I I think about myself, and I kind of put myself in this situation. And you know, I was never this antagonistic with any of my parental figures. You know, I didn't grow up with uh, parents. I grew up with grandparents, and that kind of changes the dynamic in in a couple of ways. So it wasn't so much that I was unable, you know, it's not like I couldn't have gone through a circumstances such like that, but more so that I ended up uh, being a little more passive and kind of just uh, unwilling to, to fight for things, you know, and, and to simply just ignore uh, my grandparents when I felt like those kinds of conflicts might appear and on their side of things and from as best as I can determine they you know mostly gave me free reign in in most of the things I wanted I was not really you know I didn't have to you know I was I wasn't instructed and and forced into most things uh there were some, you know, there were still some expectations. I think it's almost impossible for uh, parents not to lay any expectation onto their kids, but um, no matter what kind of parental figure figure you're talking about, but to their credit, I think they were able to avoid anything terribly traumatizing uh, in that respect, um, as far as expectations go, you know. And I'm still, you know, I'm 26 years old. I'm still, you know, I talk to them about once a week right now. And I would say that generally in that phone call, there's still those com- those elements of the conversation where they're like, hey, have you checked out being trying to go back to school to get a degree in X so that you can do job Y because that would make some good money. And I'm just, and I, my response is just, okay. I'll check that out, and I don't, I haven't, and I may never, but I, rather than make it a fight, and rather than turn the, make make the call, like, less than cordial, I, I just roll with it, and I, to me, that seems like the best way to go about it, and Ladybird is not the same person as me, she is you know, she will go to bat for exactly the things she wants, you know, she wants to be in the school play, she wants to be in the school musical, she does it, and, you know, she only, you know, she wants to get good grades, she will get them whatever way she needs to, uh, as the movie will show you, and uh, when she's interested in something, she will not stop until she's gotten that thing or died trying. And that's, you know, those are those are respectful qualities. Those are things that I think most people want to have and a lot of people don't have. And so it's it's you know, I respect and and I, I appreciate this character for those things. But though they're still kind of uh, t- 
tough to deal with if you're a friend who kind of falls by the wayside or a jilted lover who feels, you know, you know, cast aside if you're a family member who doesn't really get any time to talk to her or when you do talk it's mostly just arguing uh, it, it's it's not it's never easy for that type of a person to maintain these relationships alongside their drive to do the things they want to do and this film kind of encapsulates that really well and to ladybird's credit like she makes a fantastic sort of recognition and understanding of who she is toward the end of the film and she starts to um figure out exactly you know where the problems lie in her life and how to fix them and how to make amends and it's 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 a sweet ending it is a nice and reflect reflective ending that shows you hope in a sense it's 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 very nice it's it's very good uh so i love this movie i think it is one of this year's best and as such it is showing up quite a lot in the circle of film awards um like i said no statistics episode uh for this movie but ladybird is going to jump into the scene with a best picture nomination knocking out Columbus. Uh, Gerwig is going to jump into the director's uh, category with, uh, while knocking out Mangold for Logan. Uh, you will see, currently we'll see uh, Saoirse Ronan in for female lead, knocking out Brooklyn Prince from the Florida Project. Laura Metcalf enters in female supporting, uh, which knocks out... Who does that knock out? Uh, Rooney Mara for Ghost Story? Or was she already out? I think it was Rooney Mara. It's, that's what makes sense to me. I think that's what it was. Um, Gerwig gets in for screenplay as well, uh, which knocks out. Man, this one I don't remember either. Because that drops all the others. And... Oh, it was uh, Wind River. Drops out Wind River. And then finally, best scene. And the scene in question... Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to describe it without going into spoilers. I've labeled it on the website as um, airport slash letters. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it, it happens toward the end of the film, and it's it's so heartbreaking to me. I, I thought it was just absolutely a tragic scene, and I loved it so much. Uh, but that knocks out Thor, Ragnarok, and uh, Doctor Strange. The Doctor Strange scene in Thor, Ragnarok from the best scene category. So that is uh, it. So that puts Ladybird with six nominations alongside War for the Planet of the Apes with six. Blade Runner 2049 still sits atop the list with seven. Dunkirk and the Big Sick are both both at five, and Mother has four. Uh, a couple of films fell off the list, including Wind River and Thor Ragnarok, um, as well as... That might be it. I think there might be one more. I don't remember what it was offhand. 
So that's where we stand as far as the Circle of Film Awards are concerned. And that's my review for Ladybird. I really encourage everyone to go out and see it. It's still in limited release. I think it's in just over 200 theaters right now. Uh, I think. And uh, if you get a chance, I really think you should go see it. It's a beautiful film. There's a good chance I'm going to go see it a second time uh, sometime over Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad that Gerwig has made this. I hope that she can find more success in her projects to follow. And the same for Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. I, I think most people have heralded Laurie Metcalf as being the biggest element of this movie that will receive acclaim. Uh, I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the case. I would love to see it get more than just, you know, Laurie Metcalf and, like, a Best Picture nomination. I would love to see Gerwig show up in screenplay and Saoirse Ronan show up in Best Actress. And, yeah, I mean, Best Picture, Best Director. In my opinion, it's in all of these categories. I don't know if it'll stay in all of them, but... Um, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year, and that means there's less films to kind of take spots. I did also mention that Lady Bird was, at, before this, the most anticipated film I had to see left from this year. And having seen it now, I would say that my new most anticipated film is The Shape of Water. I'm really excited for that. I loved Del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth, and I'm hopeful that this can recapture the same magic I felt watching that, that film. So, Shape of Water is my new most anticipated film. I probably won't get to see it for at least a month, but uh, we do have three billboards coming here next week, so I'm going to be excited to get that out and take a take a gander at it. Uh, so, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. If you would like to uh, send me any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can direct those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to check out the website, uh, you can head over to circleoffilm.com to find out more about me, the spreadsheet, uh, the Circle of Film Awards, and other episodes and things like that. And if you'd like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, head over to patreon.com slash circleoffilm for all that sort of stuff. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.